Um, and then when I, after I show you that, I am going to ask you what deadlines you want for it. So this is the uh, one half of the final project. Um, there's some preamble. This is the whole summary of it. This is what you have to do. So in part one, for which you guys have set yourself a deadline for the 13th of November, I think, yes. Um, you have to pick a product, the very simple, just pick anything or don't pick anything. There are exceptions. Uh, do some secondary research and just jot down some bullet points for some recommendations. Um, and then there is part two, which we will get to later on in the course. Uh, so we're not gonna cover that just yet. Um, but in part two, you're going to continue making recommendations, do some primary research, and then have some recommendations for how to make it unevil. I don't know what happened here. Uh, and then we'll get to this part here. Uh, and there's some instructions complete with memes, of course. You know, we have, we love memes in this class. Um, but this is what you have to do in part one. Uh, you have to submit a Google Doc draft by the 13th. Uh, this is ungraded because I want you to get started. I will only grade the final thing. Um, but I expect you to have three sections here. One is to tell me what product you're choosing and why. So this is literally just one paragraph. Then you have to do secondary research, um, which would be another one page or so. And then just write down some bullet points for recommendations. Um, and then uh, of course it's like, we're not getting to part two just yet. Uh, so this is like an, an elaboration of what I expect from each section. And I stop here before getting into part two. So just A, B, and C. Uh, and then here's a small sample as well. Now, uh, there's a few things I want to discuss about this. First, um, I am of the opinion that because this is an absolutely graded course, um, these documents, these drafts should be available for everyone. We can put them in one Google Drive, just like the notes uh, for this class. And so I can see your work, everyone else can see your work, and they're free to borrow from you uh, and add to their own project. Uh, but I don't know how you guys feel about that. So I would like your opinion on whether you think that's a-okay or no-go. I like that no one has an opinion, an immediate opinion. Uh, Visma says people will only see me adding on the last day. I think people themselves will be adding on the last day as well. Uh, I am no stranger to how you guys operate. Uh, so I guess the last day will be one big, you know, scramble at looking at each other's work and then just copy pasting off of it. Um, it would be nice Essen, that people have different products so try to avoid that um but also i've mentioned in the document as you will find out when i send it that facebook instagram tinder snapchat are not allowed because they're overdone uh they're very you know they're easy so we, we don't like to do things the easy way in this class we're going to amp up the difficulty level a little bit uh the second thing uh, Moed, if you can pull up the timelines, uh, I want to 
ask you what, what deadlines you want as well. Uh, Ikra, what do you mean by how about Slack? Oh, Slack as an app, sure, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Yes, please, by all means. Uh, although the evil version of Slack is WhatsApp, so that's already there for you. Um, Moid, you made this. Uh, talk us through what we're seeing. Uh, you're muted. Sorry about that. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, so these, these are, I, I, I'll probably make this better when I share it with you guys, but um, basically week one, week two, week three, week four, and week four. actually it's also week one-ish, but yeah, week five-ish. Um, because like, you know, um, you can't have like, like five weeks mathematically in a month. It makes sense. Um, like, you know, just the math doesn't check out. So anyway, this corresponds to uh, week one. This is week two uh, for October. Um, week three, week four, week five. It's straightforward enough. Um, for November, it's very interesting because um, November, like if your week starts at Sunday, week five is only two days. So, you know, five-ish. Um, and December, December is really like full one week in week five-ish. So we have that going for us. Um, so yeah, this is, this is basically the template uh, for you to like visualize where we are in the course and like what is um, up. We are in week five-ish for October. Um, and that means we have um, November and December to go. Um, so yeah, so Sarah wanted to discuss like the deadlines and sir, if you'd like to do that yourself, that's totally up to you. Sure. Uh, so you guys picked the 13th for the project draft. Uh, could we get the second reflection and then the two reflection paper prompts earlier? Uh, we will get to that shortly. Uh, so let me start with November uh, 13th is your project draft submission. Uh, does anyone have problems with that? Um, as is the case with this entire course, all of our deadlines are flexible. So I don't mean you've seen that with reflection paper one, but it's a rough timeline for you to get started. Um, and, um, you know, just have words on paper. Uh, then reflection paper two, I wanted to keep it roughly one month after reflection paper one, which was the 19th. Uh, here, Moid has pushed it to week four to give you two weeks to do it. Uh, but I, I'm thinking of pushing it to week three ka end. Um, and I'll give you the prompt probably this week. So you'll have at least three weeks to work on it. Um, so is that fine? I think depending on how long it took you to do reflection paper one, I think three weeks should be sufficient for reflection paper two, but I could be wrong. Okay. Um, and then we have reflection paper three, which would follow another three weeks or so from reflection paper two. So that could be near the end of the class. Um, in week two, Moid has mentioned that it's uh, 12th is the last day of classes. So somewhere around that, would be reflection paper three due, like a week after or there. 
And then the final project is, uh, and then there's a free assignment as well. And then there's the project as well. Um, so uh, yes, you can expect feedback before reflection paper too, absolutely. Um, so first of all, I have one proposal, which is that we remove uh, the free assignment and the 10% for the free assignment we apply to the final project instead, where I add an additional component. For instance, the presentation part that I uh, mentioned. Uh, the, that's one option with the presentations. I don't know if you guys want to present your work or not. Abir is shaking her head. Uh, it's, uh, that's a mixed bag. Uh, so let me pull out my handy dandy poll here, just so we know that I'm not making this up on my own. Uh, sure. I don't think I'll fill it, so I'll just cross it. Yeah, that's fine. This isn't as uh, unanimous as I thought it would be. So it's... Uh, you never, never an easy decision to make in this class. Uh, we're stuck at uh, 40, 50, and then two people want something. So the people who want something else, what is that something else? Just so I can get that part out of the way. So, okay, uh, can you let me end this and start it again in case there's uh, a little ambiguity here. Uh, when I say in this poll, do extra work for the, for the final project, that doesn't necessarily mean a presentation at this point. So I'm gonna relaunch it again with that expectation. Forget that the extra work may or may not be a presentation. It could just be a more comprehensive document. So keeping that in mind, let me start it again. Still not changing results the way I would have wanted it to. Uh, yes, Essen, uh, we all agree to remove the free assignment, but uh, you guys aren't helping that decision here because it's right now it's 58 to 42. Too many, uh, too many options. I mean, there's one option that no one has picked and there's only two other options. Uh, so we have 12 people who want to remove it and eight people who want to leave it as is. I don't know what to make of that. Moit, what do you think? Um, like, can we get like opinions of people who want the assignment and then people who don't want it? And then we can do the poll one more time. Uh, let's save that for Slack then. Sure. Uh, we're, yeah. Um, but yeah, those are the two options I have. What that will help you do is that if we do remove the free assignment, then December looks a lot nicer because you only have two things to submit in December. One would be the third reflection paper, which you can treat as a free assignment. Uh, last time the prompt for reflection paper three was write on whatever you want. I gave some sample prompts as well. So if you want to use that as a free assignment, you can do that as well. And therefore you don't need me to give you uh, 
a third prompt uh, and asks for both prompts at the same time. You can just pick one yourself for reflection paper three. So that would be due near the end of the last day of classes around the 12th, 13th, 14th, that sort of date. And then with the project, uh, you can submit it in week four or five, whenever you have exams or after exams, whatever the last date is for me to submit grades a week before that. So that way your assignments would be spaced out in December. And um, if you include the free assignment in there, then, you know, it's, uh, you're doing too many things at the same time, but we will do that on Slack. Um, the next topic before we start is uh, I want feedback on Moid's session, beverage time. Was it beverage time session? It was beverage time sharing. Uh, I know a few people attended it. Um, what, how was it? What beverage did you have? Let's start with that. Um, and obviously people forgot about that. Uh, SN, you can do the project in a pair. Three, I think is too much, but two is fine. Uh, Mahir had milkshake. And uh, chai is obviously everyone's favorite drink. Uh, people who did attend, how would you convince your fellow peers to also attend? What happened? Was it good? Was it bad? Was it awful? Was it fantastic? If Moeda has another one of these, why should everyone else attend? Abir says, maybe I asked the wrong question because it was good. Even if you add three O's and three D's to good, does not really describe what exactly happened. Basically, I just dropped, I did not sign up for it because I had an assignment due, but so I just dropped by and then I was the only one who was speaking. So yeah, I enjoyed it. I take that to mean that it's cathartic and because yeah. uh, my he said something similar that you get to rant. Uh, and Sakina takes objection to you claiming that you're the only one who's speaking. Uh, there's always one person who does dominate the conversation and other people let him or her do it because they probably on. had had the entire conversation before me because I was, I guess, 40 minutes late or so. Yeah, I did. I didn't plan on joining the session, say, but I just did. Uh, I don't think we plan necessarily because it doesn't the way it's phrased doesn't sound like something you want to be involved in if you're not someone who likes to speak and talk about yourself but once you're in there uh, I, I would imagine things change um, but yeah but you can schedule as many of these as you want weekly bi-weekly monthly whatever more uh, and we can help you with people forgetting to attend by forcing you to send them a reminder three days, two days, one day, three hours, two hours, one hour, on the hour. Uh, um, and then the last thing before we start, and I realize it's a very lengthy preamble to the lecture, is um, that we are going to have a guest speaker session. That's optional, as I said, 
Friday 10 p.m. as voted by you. Uh, I will tell you who it is, but I would say that uh, this will be particularly useful for graduating seniors uh, considering career paths in technology, uh, especially CS majors. Um, you are welcome to invite friends. Uh, doesn't have to be restricted to this class. Uh, the one thing, uh, though, is that this won't be recorded because the people who are speaking, they like their jobs very much and they would like to keep those jobs. And so they can't talk about certain examples if they're being recorded. Um, so I might still record it just in case they don't talk about those examples and want to keep that recording, but I won't be publishing that recording. Um, so if you want to be there, you have to be there and there's no catching up later. Uh, let's see how many people attend now when you know that there's no backup plan here. Uh, okay, we shall start with the uh, Uh How do you want to start? Do you want so, to tell us the summary of this whole thing or do you want to ask people that? I would rather ask others. So anybody, any, but before we start, uh, can I take the quiz right now or should I take it after the summary or something? Uh, we'll do it in the first break. Okay, okay, okay. So anybody who wants to volunteer and tell me what uh, the, the video told us about or what the paradox of choice is. You've thrown people in panic by saying quiz. This uh, actually, let's not spoil the fun. Yes, there is a quiz. There absolutely is a quiz. Yes. So you don't have to panic. It's just a survey or no, a no, 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 no. You don't have to tell them what it is. They will take a quiz. No, I, I have been in their place. I've been in their place. So I rather tell them. <laughs> so before, so can anybody tell me Ali kidar hai? Ali, Ali, Ali hai classmate. Ali, yar, aap batao. Yeah, Ali, Shahzad ki baat ho rahi mere khas se. Nahi, Ali, Azgar Amir. Acha. So, um, uh, so overall, the bath key thing, Barry Shorts, so he was like, uh, Am I audible? Because I changed my earphones. So. Ah, you're perfectly audible. I can imagine you scrambling to remember. <laughs> I don't know if you played yeah, it or not. I am, no, no, I have, I have. It was a nice reading. So, what Barry mentions, uh, it was a nice TED talk, yeah. So, what Barry mentions is that he goes like, Whenever there are there's a plethora of choices, um, there is bound to be some sort of apprehension and anxiety because the more the choices, the more you want there to be a significant outcome because you're worried that if you choose the wrong thing, so it will have other consequences. And the lesser choices you have, so you won't think that much. And you'll go like, chalo, hai. choices hi come thin, whatever I select, but iske upar bhi kafi debates hain and the articles you sent were pointing the flaws in this theory mm -hmm. so they were pretty interesting as well because other experts in the field mentioned ki jab unhone experiments kiye to ye exist nahi karti thi it was just a uh, let's say aisi baat ki hui thi usne it didn't, didn't make sense mm -hmm. so yeah kyunki kafi zyada cheeze bhi account for karni padti hain aisi iske liye aur What's the better way of saying coffee that she's in account for her neighbor? Other qualifiers, I guess, if other resources come, for example, if I have lesser choices in front of me, 
अगर मेरे पास हो ही सिर्फ दो चॉइसेस और मैं कोई लो रिसोर्स एनवायरनमेंट में हूं तो मोर चॉइसेस वुड डेफिनेटली बी मोर बेनिफिशियल फॉर मी डू यू वांट टू रीड मिनहल्स रिस्पोंस एज़ वेल दिस इज फॉर अली डू आई रीड मिनहल्स रिस्पोंस ऑलराइट um minerals response i can't seem to find minerals response uh it's a very nice response uh cuz mm-hmm. i asked for a better way to say the same thing and i think minerals has done it far more it depends succinctly. it depends it depends it definitely depends yeah <laughs> it depends <laughs> that's the word we're looking for so it depends counter for this class done now we can move on um Netazaz, are you happy with that answer, or do you want to add to it? I think he summed it up pretty well. So what I think he was saying that more choices allow you uh, more choices when you have when your you don't have enough resources will always help you. But if you have too many resources, then obviously your choices uh, would conf- your the more options would confuse you in the, while selecting. So I think that's pretty much what he says. That uh, mm-hmm. he tells us in his us in his. ऐसे नहीं होता light gradient going through here um next time if i do this maybe i'll ask the host their favorite color but atazaz i'm assuming your favorite color today is blue so yes there we go um so for the first part of this class before we take our first break um we are going to talk about the study that they're basing this entire thing off of um i gave you the video for uh barry shorts but he's uh i don't think he cites this in the talk uh but he's basing his opinions or his studies off of an earlier study called the jam study by someone named shina ayangar uh i hope i pronounce that correctly i don't know um but let's talk about what that study said and then why we have this whole range of opinions on hota ya nahi hota um because that's where it all started so it started with the jam study uh this must says that that talk was kind of boomer uh it was done in 2006 or 7 and it is being you know the uncle barry is in his 50s so that would not be a bad description um so what they did with the jam study was they go to a grocery store uh they dress up as store employees and they set up a stall with jams um in the display um in one version of this study they set up six jams in that stall and the other version they set up 24 jams uh and the point is to see whether this makes a difference in people's uh decision making um so they counted the number of people who stopped by they gave them samples of these jams whichever one they wanted uh and then they gave them a coupon afterwards that said um you can have $1 off the jam of your choice when you check out uh and then they test how many people actually bought a jam by looking at how many people redeemed the coupon uh so that's a i 
I think it's a very clever way to measure how many people are actually purchasing something. So you're looking at people's behavior here. You're looking at people's attitudes, whether they like it or not, whether they stop by or not. But here you're measuring actual behavior, whether they buy it or not, regardless of whether or not they like it. Um, before we get to the results though, uh, here's some factors that they thought about, uh, which makes it good science, um, or at least it, like partly good science, because obviously there's discussions on how this isn't valid. Um, first, they control for the friendliness of the staff. Maybe your decision to stop by at the stall or to taste it or to buy it was based on how friendly someone was at the checkout or at the stall. If people are more friendly towards you, then chances are that you're more likely to agree to what they're saying, uh, agree to whatever request they have. And so you, you know, you purchase that. So they gave them a script. They told them not to deviate from that script because they don't want to, uh, you know, influence people to buy or not buy. So every interaction is exactly the same. You have to say the exact same words in the exact same tone and pitch and friendliness uh, so that people aren't affected by that. Uh, then something that isn't here in these slides is that they did this over a number of weeks. So they did, I think maybe six weeks or was it 12 weeks where they alternated between six jams and 24 jams, six jams and 24 jams. So they're accounting for more people coming in over the weekend or more people coming in in December as opposed to January. So they're looking at times of the day, days of the week and ensuring that everything is exactly the same. You don't want to make a conclusion based on Monday ko gaya tha to itna rush tha or Sunday ko gaya tha to zyada log the. Therefore, you know, something about Sunday makes people buy more. Uh, so they want to balance out like everything across the board. Then they also eliminate extreme preferences. So before selecting the jams that they had on display, uh, they tested them separately with a group of people uh, to figure out whether there were some jams that nobody liked or some jams that everyone liked. So if there was, um, I don't know, what's a disgusting flavor of jam? I don't eat jam, but uh, I think in the paper itself, they mentioned like some very weird combinations of jam, orange jam. Is orange jam just marmalade? Is marmalade orange jam? Is it something else? Yeah. Um, and then there's other types of jam, like, I don't know, blueberry. Most people tend to like blueberry jam. Um, so they eliminate extremes so that everyone is not just gravitating towards a regardless of whether I have six or 24, I like blueberry jam. So I'll always opt for blueberry jam. So they eliminate extreme preferences. Um, yeah, blackcurrant, Nina, I confuse blackcurrant with blueberry, very similar. Mango jam is, uh, what? Yeah. Um, do you mean that as a good jam or a bad jam? I, I don't think I've come across mango jam. Uh, Achar is mango jam, okay, mango ka achar ho. Uh, and then this last line, uh, they chose the jam so that it was a familiar product, but not so familiar that choices have already been established. What is that an example of? Not an example necessarily, but we've come across this before. Where did we read about this thing here? Maya, say Hafsa and Minhal who are also the two people who mentioned that the last time I asked where we heard this from. So clearly only two people remember 
the principle of familiarity, but not too much familiarity. Um, but you know, once you start seeing it, you start seeing it everywhere. And so with all those disclaimers in place, here are the results. Uh, what they find is that when they had 24 jams on display, more people stopped because they have a giant wall of jams and people are like, wow, let's go and see what's happening. And if they have six jams and it's just six jams in a row. Uh, so more people stopped, but more people actually bought the jams when there were only six jams, three versus 30%. Um, and so what this is telling us or what the study claims is that more choices mean that you're attracting more people because everyone gets the feeling that surely I'll find something that I like. But when you have fewer choices, more people actually act on the act, act on the act, that makes no sense, act on making a decision on which one they actually want. Um, and so this is the basis of Uncle Barry's talk, and he writes a book and all of these other studies that build upon it, that say that less is more, fewer choices are better for decision making. Um, in the same study, uh, I figured this would be a more relatable example. Uh, they also gave some students an optional essay uh, in which they had either six prompts or 30 prompts. And they find that students who had six prompts uh, submitted the essay uh, in larger numbers than people who had 30 prompts. Because when you have only six, you immediately pick one that you like because there's only six to choose from. And then you actually start writing. Uh, whereas with 30 prompts, you're spending a lot of time deciding exactly which one you want to do. Um, how many prompts did you guys get for writing and comp? I remember there were maybe, in my time, there were maybe four, five, six, that sort of thing. Or maybe it depends on the instructor and some of them gave like a good 15 or 20. Yeah, uh, it's a, a B had 10. So again, I'm guessing that's instructor dependent. Um, Wow, that's a big range. I wonder if they did that study there, what would happen? Uh, so that's where we get the study from. And then all of these uh, resulting opinions on kya hona chahi, kya nahi hona chahi. Uh, then let's quickly do Uncle Barry kya rahe hai, and then we'll go for a break. Um, what the uh, the TED talk says is that this phenomena is called the paradox of choice, where on the surface, more choices appear to be a good thing, but it results in less satisfaction in what you eventually end up choosing, if you end up choosing something at all in the first place. Um, and this is, I know many of you are econ majors here, and he calls out economists in his writing, maybe not in the talk, but in some of the articles he, he writes. He says that if you ask economists the question of whether more is better, they tend to say in their world, with their logical assumptions, more choice is always a good thing. And he says no, because of studies like the JAM study that show that people are less satisfied when there are more choices to choose from. One of the reasons for why that is the case is decision paralysis, which I think Essen mentioned uh, in the chat just now you're stuck choosing which one to choose. And so you're not actually enjoying the choice that you make. Um, you're stuck deciding which of these many choices or options should I pick. Uh, then there's decision fatigue. If I've already made 
I don't know, 50 decisions today, then the 51st decision, I'm not going to have the mental energy for it. So it's increasing the cognitive load. Uh, I remember I mentioned that term in the first or second class, how taxing something is on your mind, how much brain power you're using. Um, and think about the number of decisions you make in a day. You wake up, you decide what clothes to wear, you decide what to have for breakfast, you decide, um, I don't know, what path you're going to choose to get to class for that day. Uh, you decide whether or not you want to take notes for that class. You decide whether or not you want to attend the class in the first place. Um, uh, knowledge in the head says Minhal, this is from your HCI class, yes. Uh, and so when you're making all of these decisions, uh, you have less brain power or cognitive ability to decide on the important things. Uh, then the opportunity cost. Who wants to explain what opportunity cost is? We mentioned this in the sunk cost fallacy in heuristics and biases, but uh, we go for it. So basically when you have um, a whole new variety of choices and you've made a decision, then you think then you think about all those uh, choices that you had that you could have made uh, that you could have chosen and you could have felt better or had more satisfaction so that increases the dissatisfaction that you uh, you get from the decision you've already made right um and Sherzade and zenab say that it's the next best alternative uh, which is a short version of what you're saying um Typical economic uh, definition. Yes. <laughs> this is something you learn for your quizzes. Sare jo bold hoye words hain, unki jo columns mein definitions hain, wo ratke chale jao and then MCQ mein select kar lo. STSB represent here. Sherzade is STSB. I don't know if Zainab is, but yep, this is giving me flashbacks. Okay, econ says Zainab. Um, and so part one of this is opportunity cost, which is what about the things that I could have had that I didn't choose because I chose this alternative. And then the other thing is that the alternatives tend to be more easily imagined. So let's say I have six jams in front of me or 24 or whatever. I pick one, I go back home, I buy it, I don't like it. Now I've already seen the other 23 jams there. I can imagine them. They're there. I also tasted them because that's what they asked them to do. So I know very clearly what they would have been like, as opposed to something that's harder to imagine. Let's say you say you chose Beacon House over LGS when you were choosing your A-levels. Now it's harder to imagine what going to Beacon House would have been like if you chose LGS because it's not as easily imagined compared to uh, choosing econ versus HSS, says Zainab. Um, that's a little easier to imagine because you have friends who are exactly the same as you or very similar to you who are econ majors versus HSS majors. And so you can see their lives, their courses, and be like, oh, if I wasn't an econ major, I could have been like this person here. Uh, I don't think anyone compares themselves to SDSP people. That's the worst option out of all the ones you have here. So you don't have to worry about being upward compared to. Um, but the uh, opportunity cost or how much, how less satisfied you are 
with your chosen alternative depends on how easily the imagined alternatives come to mind. Uh, SSC Hafsa uh, depends if you're within LUMS, maybe not, but outside of LUMS. And I, I suppose that goes for STSP as well. People who don't make it to LUMS are always wondering what could have been if they did go to LUMS. Um, and SSC, you guys say that right now with SSC, but uh, you'll be surprised how highly rated it is. Uh, then we have escalation of expectations, which is that when I have all of these options, I'm also expecting more. Um, and that's what Uncle Barry mentions with genes, I think is the example he uses. When I know that there's so many genes, there has to be one perfect one out there for me. And so when I'm used to so many options, one of them has to be the best option. And so now my expectations are higher because there's so many options and there has to be one. Um, so because of these four plus one here factors, uh, more choice appears to be a good thing, but actually results in less satisfaction. Let's pause here and uh, actually, yes, Sherzade, go for it. Then I have an observation. I think the experiment is kind of flawed. So then the conclusion you're getting about decision paralysis is also flawed because mm -hmm. you're kind of equating getting jam to all the other choices that you could make in your life. Mm -hmm. But jam is a choice that's relatively unimportant. It's irrelevant, right? So, okay, I'll see a wall of 24 jams and I'm going to go to it, but I don't want to spend energy deciding which jam to choose out of those 24. But that doesn't mean it applies to all the other choices. Mm -hmm. So, for example, choices like getting a house or a car or electronics, those are choices, those are decisions that you would like more choices for as opposed to less choices for. So I think the fact that these people are generalizing it across the board, just using this experiment with jam. Mm -hmm. I think that's the flaw. And I think that's also why it's not been replicable as such. Um, I'm glad you bring that up because that was the next point I was going to talk about. So hold on to that thought. Uh, we'll meet after the break and we'll talk about whether that's true or not. So I shall see you in five to seven minutes fun song. Um, we are back. Sir, you have left it on Spotify. So Mehdi Malouf isn't on Spotify. So I played this on YouTube. And then mm -hmm. YouTube auto-played the next song. Uh, we'll play your other song for the second break. I figured we might as well continue with the theme. I'll just wait for everyone to get back. And I shall pull up my slides again, which of course, as I said, they don't remember where I left off. So I have to go back through all of the slides. Imagine doing this if you're presenting like for a hundred slides or something, which I have done. Uh, so I shall continue now. Uh, after the break, fewer people are active or have their videos on or in the chat, even though the break should be energizing you more. I guess there's not energy in the breaks, but uh, go and stretch yourself. That would help. 
so let's not have bricks. Uh, when we last left, we were talking about Barry Schwartz in his video um, and his talk, and then he has uh, writings as well. Um, but if the solution to having too much choice is to have not enough choice, then there's also something called single choice aversion, which is that we don't like just one choice. Um, too many choices is bad. Just one choice is also bad. And why is that? Um, they've done studies on it, could be anyone's guess. Um, but here's the study that they did do. Uh, there's two of them actually, I think. So uh, with one study, they had a bread maker that cost $279 and nobody bought it. Um, why is that? I don't know. Maybe it's hard for people to understand how much a bread maker should cost. Instead of cutting the price of that bread maker, they added another bread maker that was $430. Uh, and now the sales of the cheaper bread maker start going up. Um, their theory is that when you only have one bread maker and have nothing else to compare it to, you would rather not buy it at all because you don't know how it's going to turn out. You don't know if 279 is a good price or not. You don't know if it's, you know, has the right features for the price. Um, but when you add two options, then you can compare the two and be like, okay, 429, very expensive. It has better features, but I prefer the 279 model. Um, Choices are reference points, says Afsa. Yes, uh, the decoy effect is very similar to this, where you add a third choice in the middle and now your preferences change. Um, they repeated this with DVD players. They said, uh, let me pull up the numbers here. Um, they had a Sony DVD player. Um, remember those? Uh, so you can tell which Ponzi Sadimaya studies were even. When they only had a Sony DVD player on offer. Only 9% of people bought it. When they added a Philips DVD maker to the mix, 32% of people bought it. Uh, and here, it doesn't matter which one they pick, Sony or Philips. The point is that more people are actually buying it rather than just comparing it. Uh, restaurants do it a lot. Um, I'm particularly fond of tech examples, which Sherazade has given. Uh, shops are clustered together. Uh, Priceway is an example of that as well. There's lots of, uh, one of the reasons why we're doing this lecture here in a psychology of tech class in the first place is that it's very easy to do this with technology products, both physical and digital. Because with Sony or the bread maker example, you have to actually create another bread maker and uh, you know market it, distribute it, send it out to people. Uh, with online technologies, you can just create a dummy button for all people care. You can have like seven different subscriptions to the same service with different features. And half of them are just there to make people, to nudge people towards one or the other. Um, and so our decision-making online is affected by single choice version or having too much choice um, simply because it's easy to have like so many choices online because it's easy to put those choices on the internet in the first place. Um, so right now we're at a point where too much choice is a bad thing. Too few choice to the point of having only one choice is also a bad thing. Is there a middle ground here? So this is where the alternative uh, part comes in where some people are now arguing that more is more 
uh, Uncle Bairi says less is more. Now people are saying no more is more. Economists, as he says, are one group of people who say that okay, more choice is always a good thing. Um, one of the other problems with the JAM study, at least, is that there have been failed replications. People have tried to do it again and again in various contexts, and they seem to get results all over the place. Note that the results they're getting are not that when there are 24 jams, more people are buying it. It's just that in some studies, 24 jams came out on top and other studies, six jams came out on top. So it's swinging both ways, not the other direction necessarily. Um, they give the example of Starbucks and Amazon and the Raz, uh, which I think is a little simplistic, uh, but they say, well, Amazon has hundreds and thousands of products. Starbucks has 80,000 combinations. Uh, why do they do so well when people, you know, if this was a problem, then people would be going to something like, um, what's an alternative to Starbucks? Dunkin' Donuts, I think they have like three coffees. Um, so they give real world examples and say, well, we can't replicate it and we can't see good examples of that in the real world. And then they say that there's no effect in other studies as well. So, um, one is replicating the jam study the other is making new studies that are similar to the jam study uh, but have you know a different setup or whatever and they say and again i will reiterate when they say no effect they mean the effect is zero not that it's positive or negative uh, leaning towards one or the other um, on average there is no effect rather than uh, effect leaning towards more choice or less choice um, and then the fourth argument for why more is more is that when you have lots of similar options, you can start telling the difference between one and the other, and therefore you're more certain that you picked the right option. Um, is there an example of that where more options is a good thing? Mahir says, uh, is this related to the previous class where we talked about people like to think they want a deal? Uh, this particular thing is similar, yes, because now you have something to compare it to and now you have that imagined alternative. And if you're happy with the product, you're like, thank God I didn't go for the other product. It makes you feel more certain that the choice you're making is the right choice because there's more levels of choices that you have. Um, customizable characters, donations, filters, clothing websites. Um, let's go into something that's a little more like consequential. Um, buying a car, for instance, uh, which links to Sherazade's like, is it a big decision? Uh, and so when I have three cars, I might not be satisfied when I have 30 cars and I'll be sure that, you know, the minor differences choosing a gray car versus a white car, choosing a 1500cc engine versus a 1600cc engine uh, makes more of a difference because I can see the difference between all these choices more clearly. Uh, and so I'm more assured that I'm making the right choice because I've done my homework, I've done everything and I know what I'm doing, choosing insurance. Um, if it's important, you like more choice, um, Excellent point, Minhil. We'll talk about that as well. You guys anticipate all of the points I bring up for discussion, so that's nice. And 
So now we have three possible theories. Well, not theories, but uh, less is more. People should have fewer choices. Some people are saying that's based on some shoddy science. More is better because people are happier with their final outcome. And then we also have another group that's saying that, okay, doesn't matter, less is more or more is more as long as there are options. Don't have people choose from just one option. Um, so which one is it? Uh, it is us. You had questions that I think would be relevant here. Um, Ali Uncle Barry also has done studies. Uh, he's basing his opinion off of the JAM study, but then he took that further and did his own studies. He's also a, a PhD in social psych or something. So uh, it's not that he's not basing it off of bad science. So we discussed that, that how it depends. So can anybody, can everybody tell me what it depends on? Like what factors do you think come into play when we are making decisions and more choices help us or confuse us. So this is Lela the class participation. This is the class participation part that we have at the end of the class. So this we, we are having the discussion right now. Hmm. We can save some questions for later as well. And we'll have some time today, I think. Uh, Lela asks, what is the product? Um, so I've already given the easy answer here. It depends. What does it depend on? First of all, what are you buying? Which is what Leda is saying. Um, so Ali, Ali wants Ali, you to repeat. So the question is, what factors come into play when we say it depends? So what does it depend on? Like Sherzade said, it, uh, if we're buying a car, so it's long-term decision. So we obviously need more choices. So can you give examples where uh, short-term decisions are... Uh, you make short-term decisions based on some other factors that uh, you see when you're buying, for example, a coffee or you're watching a Netflix show or a movie. Price depends on the price. I think that ties into, uh, you know, is it a jam or is it a car? Uh, mm -hmm. Part of the reason is how much you're investing both so, in terms of money. Don't look at the price. We are assuming that every product that you're choosing is has the same price. It's just the qualities are different and mm. they are very you can just have you can have a clear distinction between them. Afsa says short term decisions that you just want to get over with. Uh, public opinion, time available, reviews, how important the product is what features the person values so personal relevancy impact so, on our so lives. i had one question what do you think how information plays uh, in, comes into play when you you're choosing a product if like you're googling something and you're asking the same menu at a restaurant what would, would be easier for you to get get from where would you get information information more easier will you be able to ask the waiter or would you just google it So that's where anxiety comes into play because you are always you are so anxious that you you are confused that should I ask the next question would 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 he mind me asking the next question so you prefer Google it so when you look at Amazon Amazon has this advantage because you are not in a superstore you could obviously check prices from ten different buyers and you could always compare them with dozens of products without opening your mouth so that's there so design comes into play when you look at these things information plus design if 
you have a lot of information but the user doesn't get it so there's no point in it uh hafsa says the waiter would be biased i think it's the opposite effect which is that whenever you ask the waiter kya acha hai they say sara kuch hi acha hai ha ye bhi acha hai ha ye bhi ho sakta hai ye bhi hai ye ye bhi le le and so they don't have they're not they don't have a biased opinion they don't have an opinion at all is my reading of it um which is interesting because um since we're mentioning waiters we should ask what is popular um we talked about decision fatigue and when there's too many choices you're offloading that decision from yourself to the waiter aap bata de kya lena chahiye uh because you don't want to spend that mental energy deciding so you're like jo wo keh raha sahi hoga um and i'm i'm working with a restaurant client where i've observed this fun part of my job here is that i get access to uh, call center recording so people who are calling to ask for food delivery i can listen to each and every call and see how they're thinking and this one call went on for i think 12 or 13 minutes uh, in which the conversation went as follows um i want to place an order chaji kahan rehti hai main yahan rehti hu theek hai kya chahiye aapko kya hai aapke paas mera hamare paas ye i don't know burger 1 hai aur burger 2 hai burger 3 bhi hai aapke paas जी बर्गर थ्री भी मिल जाएगा ऑलरेडी न्यू दैट देर वॉज अ बर्गर नंबर थ्री अच्छा पॉपुलर uh, क्या है ज्यादा क्या चलता है जी बर्गर थ्री ज्यादा चलता है अच्छा uh, चलें एक बर्गर थ्री कर दें अच्छा इसके साथ आपको कौन सी सॉस चाहिए कौन सी सॉसेज अवेलेबल हैं सॉस नंबर वन है टू है थ्री है फोर है फाइव है सिक्स है अच्छा uh, अच्छी कौन सी है जी सारी अच्छी है नहीं पॉपुलर कौन सी है सारी चलती हैं आप बताएं आपको किस तरह की चाहिए अच्छा मुझे डिस्क्राइब करके देंगे सॉसेज में फ़र्क क्या है सॉस वन में ये होता है उसका ये टेस्ट है सॉस टू में ये होता है थ्री में ये होता है फोर में ये होता है फाइव में ये होता है सिक्स में ये होता है अच्छा ऐसा करें आप अपनी मर्जी से कर दें अच्छा मैम हम अपनी मर्जी से कर देते हैं बाय द वे आप दो सॉसेज का कॉम्बिनेशन भी कर सकती हैं अच्छा कौन से कॉम्बिनेशन अच्छे हैं जी वन और टू भी चलते हैं फोर और सिक्स भी चलते हैं थ्री और फाइव भी चलते हैं अच्छा एंड देन देर्स लाइक साइलेंस फॉर अ गुड टेन सेकेंड और सो मैं तो पहली दफ़ा ऑर्डर कर रही हूँ आप आपको जो अच्छा लगता है आप कर दें नहीं मैम आप बताएं आपको क्या अच्छा लगता है नहीं मुझे तो पता ही नहीं है मैंने तो कभी खाया नहीं है सारा ही अच्छा होगा आप कह रहे हैं अच्छा आपको जो लगता है कर दें एंड सो दैट्स वन ऑर्डर प्लेस्ड एंड देन शी इज़ लाइक अच्छा एक बर्गर भी कर दें and then it's like acha burger mein kaun si sauce chahiye and then it starts all over again dekhe mujhe nahi pata aap kar de mujhe bas ye pehli dafa try kar rahi hu mujhe burger chahiye i don't care kya sauce hai mujhe sari bhej de mujhe dips mein aap sab kuch bhej de and so the point is that each stage mein she's asking for options she's being overwhelmed by them and then she's offloading that decision to the other person because she doesn't want to think about them um and mahir says shouldn't have given so many options well she asked for the menu and to the waiter the menu is quite simple we have three burgers and six sauces but when you consider that three burgers six sauces and also the six sauces can be uh done in pairs that's uh, how many are they someone do the numbers on the permutations combinations here um 
uh, additional 18. information about it. 18 i guess 18 is if you have six sauces and three burgers but you can also have the sauces in pairs mm-hmm. so uh i want to say the simple answer is twice double of 18 but i'm sure it's more so 6 into 6 36 pairs of mm-hmm. sauces and then 36 into 3 so that's 100 possible options there for just one burger and six sauces um as in that i i don't think that's the way you would do it no um, that's the way you would do it probably because two sauces repeat thodi honge ek saath matlab that is true uh that's a math problem for another day so uh, i had an other question uh, yeah. it's a very simple question because uh, it's related to you guys so would you be happier if you got one of the courses you wanted or if you got both the courses you wanted but had to drop one of them because of any reason bonus points if this is relatable to this class both is the overwhelming majority uh i was expecting the opposite results so why why is that because if i have two courses that i want obviously i would have wished ke ek hi mila hota decision kyun karna hai maine it's fatigue for me so that's how it's related to the course. i would what if you it. got so the difference between one and two courses is different to the difference between one and six courses what if you had i don't know what if you got all 10 courses that you added to your cart and now you have to pick four that's different from picking one from two uh, so you have to up the stakes a little bit uh, but that's all hypothetical because i'm sure you never get all 10 courses or even all five or six of them um, yes thank god sambil doesn't let that happen Uh, we'll get to the course example. Uh, one other thing that it depends on, and this is where Shahzadeh's point comes in, is the uh, the magnitude of the decision you're making. Because obviously, buying a car is different from buying jam. But here's the funny thing: they did test this on larger decisions, and they still found the same effect. Um, the example that So I've I've studied this from a number of sources so I don't know which ones are in the video and which ones I read and are not in the article that I sent you um but the one they chose was uh retirement funds so in the US you get to pick a retirement fund with your employer where you say um put x percent of my salary into this fund and then when I retire I get that money back and also the interest on it you know it returns 6% a year so by the end you have a sizable retirement amount um they found that for every 10 options there's uh, options here for which retirement fund you want to put it into and you have to do the math case mein itne percent return hai lekin itna monthly jana hoga aur usme kam hai isme zyada hai they find that for every 10 options that they added to the retirement fund uh the rate of participation dropped by 2%. I think he mentioned this in the video I'm fairly certain that he did. Um and so it doesn't matter if the decision is as large as kemer pass retirement ke baad paise kitne honge aur as small as jam lena ya nahi lena uh, they find it to be consistent across uh different products. But again it depends some things really do 
depend on how important that thing is to you. I would imagine a retirement fund or buying a new car or a house is very important. Um, but we still find ourselves making decisions based on very tiny things that shouldn't matter, but they do. Um, for instance, I buy a new, I don't know, I, I buy a new laptop because I like the color of that laptop. Um, I look at all the specs, similar, and I can't decide if a 1.2 gigahertz processor is better uh, than a 1.3 gigahertz processor, but with less RAM or more RAM. Um, and so I just, I'm just like, okay, the, this, this black color is glossier than the other black color and that's fine. So now I'm, because I don't want to make myself go through all the math of calculating exactly which is better value for rupee, I'm basing it on easier decisions such as I like this color more than that color. Um, and then also how many options you have. Uh, the other thing that it depends on, which is why we had it as a quiz, was if you're a maximizer or a satisficer. A maximizer is someone who chooses the best possible option, who will go through all of that calculation on which laptop is the best uh, rupee for rupee, mujhe kitni processing power mil rahi hai and RAM and uh, all those things. I, are there more factors? I remember when ROM used to be listed as a, a meaningful metric. Uh, it doesn't really mean anything to the end user. Um, and then satisficers are people who settle for good enough. Okay, if I'm getting my needs met by this laptop, then it's fine. I don't have to look at the alternatives or what's better. Um, so Ethazaz, what were the the results of the quiz? Like people gave their scores. Uh, so most want to of talk them, about... uh, them had a score more than 60, I guess. So most of the classes are, maximi are maximizers and most people in this class are maximizers. Only I remember Sabit had a very low score, which I think is great because I had a low score. So, yeah. Uh, can someone be both? Yes, because... On the situation... It depends. Uh, Veer is muted, but I can see her mouth saying that. Exactly. So, uh, as with most bad science, uh, we have to be wary of the fact that we're not, we don't want to <clears throat> box ourselves as maximizers or satisficers. It depends on what the decision is. Um, Hafsa, for instance, she didn't say I'm a satisficer. She said, I'm a satisficer with my assignments. Um, and so, those assignments don't mean a lot to her. I hope not for this course, Hafsa, because uh, I am most definitely a maximizer when I'm checking assignments. So uh, yes, not for this course, thank you. Uh, and I'm sure you mean that there's not a word of lie in that. Um, it depends. If I like technology, if I'm buying a laptop, I will be a maximizer because I have the ability and the willpower to go and the M, A, and O to go into that decision-making vortex and be like, what is the best possible laptop I could buy? But if I am buying a toothbrush, like Ali said, then I'm not gonna do that because it doesn't matter to me. Um, and I say laptop and toothbrush, but this could apply to similarly priced high value items as well. If I am very particular about the type of face mask I wear, uh, those still cost 10 or 15 rupees or five rupees or two rupees or whatever. 
and a toothbrush also costs in the same, you know, they're both less than a hundred rupees, but I'm more picky about my face masks than I am about my toothbrushes. Or if I'm buying a car, then, you know, someone is more picky about exactly what's in that car and others are like, it was theek. as long as it gets me from point A to B and fits my budget, it's fine. Good enough, it's good enough. Um, so we've talked about um, whether more is more, we've talked about whether less is more, we've talked about single choice aversion, we've talked about uh, it could be any of these things, it depends, and we've talked about what it depends on. Um, here's a fun example about maximizing and satisficing. Um, they did a study on students uh, where they tracked them in their senior year, uh, so students exactly like yourself, um, and they then saw how they were job hunting and also where they ended up and they followed up a year later. Um, what they find is that maximizers landed jobs with a 20% higher pay because they're going for the absolute best possible job and because they're maximizing, I guess they're maximizing on salary. So they end up doing better, but they find that satisficers were happier with their jobs because maximizers spent all that energy uh, in job hunting, facing rejections or rejecting other uh, companies that give them offers. There's a lot more of a mental toll on them. Uh, and therefore, when they do end up in a job, regardless of the pay, they're less satisfied because now they're thinking, what if I took that other job there that I missed out on? And satisficers are like, uh, so you guys are going to be graduating soon. Which one do you want to be? Would you trade money for happiness? full existential Are you happy? With your job, I mean. I mean, we can contextualize this. Are you happy with your major? I guess. How I did you choose it? Mm, I didn't want to do ACF, so I chose NDS. You're still limiting yourself to STSP. Why did you not consider anything outside of that? I'm doing a psych minor, so if I have to do something else, I'll just probably look it up for my master's. So, so now you're straddling. Okay. I picked an option, but just in case I don't like it, I have this backup plan in the form of a psych minor. You're doing two things, which is uh -huh. a valid strategy, sure. But that tells me you're not 100% confident on your chosen major for now, at least. It depends on how what uh, how what problems I'm facing right now. So if it, I'm not facing them right in the future, I probably am happy with my major. Um, Mahi has the energy of a first year. Um, other opinions, and it's as you can cold call however you want. Uh, so it's. Uh, I've never seen some people speak in this class, so why not go Sakina? No, 
I was sitting with my fingers crossed. Allah puchega. Anyways, can you please repeat your question? So, are you happy with? Uh, are we still on that question, right? Are you happy with your major, right? That was the question. I guess. Um, I was happy for the first three years, but not in the last year. I'm I'm in that stage of senior year where I'm doubting my degree. But fair, up to khatam hone wali hai. Ab kuch ho bhi nahi sakta, so I can't run away from it anymore. I'm just done studying econ. Uh, how did you decide between which major you wanted to choose? I I liked econ. I did econ and O levels, and then A levels, and I wanted to study more econ. And I was happy for the first two years, but in the third year, it just got so much econ that it was getting on my nerves, and now I hate it. <laughs> so I'm just uh, doubting my degree now. I want to go in psychology. I don't know why. If I just got two courses of psychology this semester, and uh, I didn't plan to take them, I just took them because my friends were taking them. And now I like psychology so much that I start. I've started hating econ. So yeah, I'm confused. Um. Don't worry, we're all confused. Even I'm confused. Uh, and yes, Miss Maya was MGS. Uh, but if I go back to some of these factors here, where did we go? Um, opportunity cost, which major you chose, and what other alternatives were there, plus the imagined alternatives. Uh, notice how you guys are saying psychology or econ, but no one is saying I wanted to be an architect, for instance, because that alternative is harder to imagine. Because it's not as easily available inside lumps, um, and then expectations. Um, you have choice of what ten majors at least in lumps. If you were, if the rest of lumps didn't exist, and you only had STSP and you only had ACF or MGS, and usme fifty percent of the courses are the same, then I imagine the uh, dissatisfaction with your major would be a lot less because one. You don't have anything outside of SDSP to compare it to. You don't have HSS kids uh, in their fun courses and telling you about how great it is and CP ni hoti and we just study. Uh, so you don't have that reference point. And the other is that you only have one of two options. So it's either it's ACF and or it's MGS and they're both broadly similar. So you know it's fine. We had to make one choice between two, um, and it's harder to separate. Satisfying versus maximizing in that context. There, another thing here that links into it, which I don't think I've included here, is uh, social comparisons. So upward and downward comparisons. Um, the more points of comparison we have, the more we start doubting whether or not we did indeed choose the best possible option. Simply because those imagined alternatives. Here we go. This is being increased. By technology, if you open Instagram, then you don't have to imagine those alternatives because you're seeing all your friends there living the lives that you think you could have lived if you chose the other option. And so, thanks to technology and social media, um, even if you are a satisfier, uh, you might tend to move more towards maximizing because you're seeing the effects of maximizing in other people that you're comparing yourself to. Um, but of course that depends again on what aspect it is that you're comparing yourself on and there one more thing that you didn't include was self blame if we blame ourselves we probably would stick to would stick to our decisions but if we could blame somebody else we wouldn't mm -hmm. um which is why if the burger turns out to be bad then you can blame the waiter because he decided the sauces not me 
uh, I'm just looking at the chat as well. I missed out. Uh, yes, and I, I really want to take, to take a literature course, but I had only six free electives, I think, and I spent them all on a psych minor, so I didn't take a literature course. Um, so some examples here of how tech companies use this. Apple, for instance, uh, with their iPhone 12, uh, and we'll get into uh, some of the more like tiny details of this. Apple for a long time used to be, there's just one iPhone. It comes in black, it comes in five, four GB of storage and it's an iPhone, that's it. And Samsung had the complete opposite uh, approach where you know you can get five or six different Samsungs. And then right now I, I think there's at least 30 or 40 you can get depending on your price, budget, all of those things. Apple has expanded as well with the iPhone 12. Uh, again, if you do the math here, there's four different screen sizes with three different storage options, four into three, 12. Uh, and then within that, there's an average of four or five colors. So 12 into five is 60. So there's 60 different iPhones you can buy right now that are new. And then if you add the previous versions as well, uh, I think they're selling four versions still, like 11 and the ones before that. Uh, so right now you can choose from about 250 different iPhones, but it doesn't feel that way, does it? Because people are like, I want to buy the new iPhone 12, console in a 12, year 12 Pro. And so it's not necessarily um, the number of variants you have, it's how you're presenting that information. So if you go on Apple's site, you don't have to go through 250 options. You just have to make four decisions. One, which iPhone you want. Two, which color you want it in. Three, how much storage you want. And that's it. So um, we're going to talk about how to make decision-making easier. Um, one other thing before I do that is that it's possible to move from system two to system one. Uh, so if you want food, for instance, you're not starting with all of the possibilities of uh, takeaway karna hai, delivery karna hai, ya ghar ka khana hai, achha, delivery karni hai, to kaan se karni hai, achha, kaan se restaurants available hai, achha, agar app se karni hai, to food panda se karni hai, cheetah se karni hai, ya kareem se karni hai, ya koi aur app se karni hai, and then uske andar kaan si, uh, restaurant se karni hai. Um, if you were to do that every single time and make all of those options, you'd never be able to decide now, because you've moved Food Panda from System 2 to System 1, you know that if you're hungry, Food Panda open. So that cuts out like two decisions right there. That delivery is to be done, and if you want to do it, it's literally food, Food Panda. And then within Food Panda, if you were to have a grid view of all of the possible restaurants, that would be hundreds and hundreds of restaurants. But they're showing you one at a time, and they're showing you restaurants that you already ordered from, uh, before the new restaurants. So you're more than likely going to reorder from a place that you've already tried before because familiarity here. And so that's limiting your set to four or five options there, the restaurants that you've ordered from before. And then within those menus, this is what you ordered the last time. Do you want to have it again? So it's making your decisions much faster by doing it this way instead. Um, let's take a three minute break here has been going on for a while. And then I have just two more slides and then a small discussion uh, that I'm going to lead.
uh, no Moid, no food panda should not hire a good ux designer trust me on that it's terrible they're just copying so trust me that's not an original idea And we are back. Um, slightly shorter break this time. Uh, before I go back to my slides, though, um, I'm just opening the. Where did it go? I just want to show you some examples. So I talked about the Apple example. Um, and I try not to use Apple as an example because it's very overdone. Um, but it's the most available example that comes to mind. Uh, so here, I don't know if you guys have ever visited their product page, but here you can see that I chose that I wanted to buy an iPhone 12 Pro. Uh, and I all of these options aren't available to me right now. So I can't, I don't have to think about these right now. So first it asks me which one I want. Uh, notice how they've not presented these as two separate products. They've presented the 12 Pro and the 12 Pro Max as a difference between screen sizes. They could have just made two separate product pages for these as well. So I decided I want to buy the 12 Pro. Then it asks me which color. I say graphite. Then it asks me for a carrier. I say AT&T. And then it asks me what capacity. And I say 128. And then do I have a smartphone to trade? No. So with these four or five questions, they've gone from what 250, uh, sorry, 60 odd combinations. Um, <clears throat> and they've eliminated those by asking just four questions, leading me to arrive to this one particular row. Uh, in the last class, we also talked about the RAS and notice how the RAS doesn't do any of these things. Um, it's just, Choice after choice after choice after choice after choice. Uh, kids clothing 2,725. Baby formula 181 products. Uh, why would I want to choose between 181 products 
when I'm shopping for baby formula. Lekin unhone sare ke sare display kar diye. Uh, also notice how these three are the same. All that's different is the uh, the grams within them. But now I have to look at this three times, and I have to look some of the other ones three times as well. Um, and so when I look at all of these, thankfully you know, load more data. Um, but when I shop through all of these things again, the Nestle Nan, I don't know the difference between the two. Um, if like which one do you get? I don't know. I'm sure you don't either. Which one is right? So unless I already know what I want or I'm an expert who knows exactly what the difference is, I'm probably not going to get anything at all. Or if I get something, then I'll be like, ye bhi Nestle hai, ye bhi Nestle hai, and I get this one and then my child doesn't like it. Should I have gone for another one? If yes, then which one should I have gone for? And then I have to make this decision all over again. Um, so we should choose the Raz for the product. You can, I'm not a fan of the Raz at all. Uh, and Amazon has many of the same problems, but again, it's uh, slightly different. So the last thing that I want to talk about is after all of this discussion, what should we do? Um, and so there's a few things you can use to help people make better decisions. Uh, first of all, presentation matters. So if you put categories uh, on all of these choices, you can eliminate unnecessary options and help people decide. For instance, um, if I'm buying a monitor, instead of showing me all possible monitors, you categorize them by screen size. And then all I have to choose is, do I want a 21 inch monitor, 24 inch monitor or a 27 inch monitor? And when I do that, then I'm automatically eliminating two thirds of the options. So I don't have to go through all of them. Um, then there's domain knowledge. Um, one of you mentioned this, I think it was Hafsa, I'm not sure, um, which is that if you're an expert in something, then more choice is good for you because you want to choose the best possible option and you have the knowledge available to know what is the best possible option. But if you're not a domain expert, then it makes sense for you to be shown fewer options, uh, which is why most people who are buying iPhones don't know the difference between ye processor and ye RAM or both So they don't get to be shown those things. But if you're a, an Android user, you're paying more attention to the processor and RAM and all of those things and therefore for you, it might make sense to give you more options so you can find the right one. Here, Apple is intentionally limiting options because they know that people buying iPhones don't know or necessarily care about the difference between the fine parts of uh, the difference. Then is the problem of there being information, not variants. So on Apple's site, what we just saw was that there was very little information. The variants were still hiding behind that information but the way they presented it made it seem like i was making one decision at a time so the problem is not that apple is offering a lot of choice with offering 60 different variants of the phone it's just that they're not offering that all of that information at the same time they're making you choose one by one step by step and not overloading your cognitive ability by choosing what they want to show you um, then is choosing for people uh, we talked about waiters doing that all the time so you don't have to show me options. You can just set some by default and choose for me. So I don't have to make a decision each time. Um, for instance, if you had to ask me each time, um, where do you want food delivered? And I had to set the pin each time, uh, enter my address and everything. Uh, 
I just ask that for you once, and then I know what you want. Uh, Netflix, for instance, uh, you watch one or two shows, and then Netflix, instead of going through millions of uh, options on Netflix or Spotify about which song you want to play, uh, they're choosing for you by saying, here, here's something that you might like. Uh, and then the last thing is adding friction, which is that instead of, uh, which is what that load more button was. Initially, they're only showing you 20 options. And then you click load more. If you don't like the 20 that they showed you, then only you can look at more uh, options. Google used to do that. As you had an example with Google search results as well. Um, imagine they showed you 100 different results on the first page, but they paged it out so that you have to intentionally click on page two in order to get to the next set of results. And most people won't do that because there's that tiny bit of friction of that extra click. So they just choose between the 10 options that were presented to them and see if that fits their needs. Um, here's another, uh, I, I stole this from Barry Schwartz's article. Uh, more or less the same thing as what I was just talking about. First, choose when to choose. You don't have to choose in every single decision. Some of the choices you can just outsource. Some of them you don't have to care about, like toothbrushes. Um, so here he says, uh, make a rule to visit no more than two stores when shopping for clothing. The more stores you visit, the more clothes you will see, and therefore the harder it is to choose which one. Uh, but I imagine that would uh, be a very unpopular choice amongst many people because we like seeing so many clothes and then we pick the ones that we want. Um, then it's learn to accept good enough. Um, this is a life lesson. Good enough is almost always good enough, is what he says. Okay, it's fine if it's not the best possible option. As long as it's doing the thing you want it to do, it's fine. Uh, and then it's easy for him to say, don't worry about what you're missing. Yeah, but basically he's saying, okay, ignore FOMO. Uh, I'm not gonna say much on that because I know it's very hard to do that. Um, but social media, for instance, if you limit your use, um, you're not looking at what other people are doing. And therefore, I know initially there's a lot of FOMO. But give it a week or a month or a year. And after that, you know, you're not bothered about what you're missing out on because it's out of your conscious memory. Um, and then control expectations. Don't expect too much and you won't be disappointed. Uh, again, like, yeah. Fair enough, he's mentioned that it's a cliche, um, but these are four things that he talks about and these are five things that I talk about on how you can limit choices and why it doesn't really matter, um, you know, whether there are more options or fewer options, what matters is um, how you're presenting those options and what the choices that you have to make and whether or not you're a maximizer or a satisficer and whether good enough is truly good enough. Um, Zambil disappoints every time, says Ali. Uh, fun fact, um, I never had problems with Zambil. I always got the courses that I wanted, always. Uh, they might not have come immediately, like sometimes I had to wait till the last week of ad drop to get them, uh, but I never missed out on a course that I really wanted. Uh, how? Maybe there were fewer people and more courses at that point, but I don't know. Um, luck of the draw. I also never had an 8 a.m. class. I made sure not to have that, never to torture myself. So four years, no 8 a.m.s. Um, yeah. 
So that's the end of the lecture. Now uh, we have five minutes or six minutes. I want to talk about um, this course. Um, we're done with lecture 13, which is exactly the halfway point of the course. And I know you've already given me uh, anonymous feedback and evaluations. I want to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, I don't have anything there in front of me, but um, what can we improve? What is going right? What is going wrong? Now is the chance uh, to voice your concerns because we're still halfway through. And just because something isn't going well halfway through doesn't mean it has to not be well the entire way through. Um, so, you know, I understand this isn't um, anonymous and that uh, that's a problem and we can continue this discussion anonymously on Slack as well. Uh, but if you are comfortable without the anonymity or if you just have general comments about what you like or don't like or what the project should be or shouldn't be, presentation, deadlines, anything like that, uh, I want to discuss that. What did we decide about the free assignment? It's 50-50. Um, I don't know what we've decided. Uh, I am leaning towards not having it because I know you're going to do a bad job of it if, if, if all three components are submitted at the same time or back to back to back. Um, and then also no presentations, um, no assignment. So it's hard for someone to say, no, we should have a free assignment. Um, Ali says, can we go back to shorter classes? I've thought that about that a lot. Uh, you have to choose between more breaks or slightly shorter breaks and shorter classes. Some of them will be shorter. Um, then, then I'll have to spread content around two classes as well. Um, do, 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 do. Shorter classes. Okay, everyone shorter classes. Uh, so you're asking for contradictory things because um, Moid also wants to do a recitation of sorts. And there you're 50-50 about doing it on the weekend or doing it in class. And if you do it in class, then it's a longer class, but also you want shorter classes. So uh, I don't know what the play is here. It's not going to be every day. In fact, the weekend thing is only going to be a one-off thing. Like it's not going to be every weekend or I was thinking we could do both. So we have one, actually, I don't want you guys to be working on the weekend. We can do a Friday or an after hours session as well, um, where Moeed has one hour to go through all of the concepts with you and you can start making notes for your project. And then for every subsequent class, we'll do it maybe once in two weeks, for instance. Um, Bisma mentions balsamic and wireframes. I, it could be a possibility. I, I don't know. Um, it's uh, it's fun. Uh, I will. I agree with at least Saturdays and quizzes should uh, Saturdays and Sundays should be off. Um, Okay, so are we, if, if, let's start from the start. If we have shorter classes, uh, then we're also going to have only one break. Is that fine? And that break can be seven minutes like it is right now. Uh, funny because last time you all voted for the opposite of this. So I guess now you get to see both. So the imagined alternative is there for you uh, to be more easily imaginable. 
okay we'll have shorter classes i uh, i'll try to make them shorter and shorter uh, but i don't promise that we'll go immediately from 1 hour 50 minutes to 1 hour 10 um maybe i'll start with cutting it by 10 minutes at the start and then gradually progress towards that um the free assignment um i want to know if the problem is the, whether or not you're averse to the idea of presentations or just that you want to do an extra assignment that could otherwise just be rolled into the project uh, because i'm finding finding it hard to imagine why people would want an extra separate assignment uh, moi don't mention presentations just yet because we're not talking about whether that extra 10% should be in a presentation or we're talking about whether or not it should exist in the first place Moid is very insistent on presentations, by the way. So um, I'm not in favor of them. He is. So if you want to blame someone, uh, you know where to go. Moid, uh, in the interest of fairness, I will let you make your 45 second pitch for why there should be presentations. Sure. Uh, um, I feel like you don't have to do presentations in the regular, like, you know, presentation kind of way. Um, they're still like open to all of your creativity. Um, we can make them like really quick ones. The only point I really enjoy about presentations is that A, you get to really like see like what everyone else did, which is, you know, always interesting. Uh, if, if you don't have presentations, you will never get to like understand or like realize the thought processes of like all of your like teammates, right? You don't, you don't even know like what happened in the course basically, because that's where most of the work happened, right? Um, so the course will just end. Um, but if you have presentations, you get to see what everyone did. Um, and then you get to like, really like, you know, have this like sense of okay, completion as well. Okay, like the course is over and this is what we did. This is our like product and this is what everyone did. Um, also there's like really like, I, I really like think they're a really nice way to cap things off, especially if they're done well. Um, so like imagine um, it's like the last day of the class um, how would you want that to end? Uh, in that way, I feel like presentations are like a nice, you know, like this is it. This was why we were here, you know, that kind of way. Visma um, mentioned something interesting, which is that this is a nice class, no rude people to interest you. Uh, this isn't going to be your typical SDSP presentation where you know you're on a you're on the clock and time limit and most IGs and um, I just want you well I don't want you Moith wants you to explain what you did in like five minutes give us a brief summary and look at this interesting thing we found so it's more of a an, a slightly more formal beverage time sharing thing about sharing what you did and not about uh, you know, making fancy slides or really getting into the depth of things. Uh, one other alternative, um, if we're not doing the free assignment, is how to allocate the 10 person. And, and if it's not a presentation, one option could be that right now I'm only uh, with the primary research, I'm only asking you to design the components. So construct a survey or an interview guide uh, or, you know, yeah, so we're going to do that in theory. But if I wanted to add extra workload to the project, then I can also ask you to actually conduct a survey and then get back to me with the results 
what happened or conduct an interview and tell or you know take notes share those notes with me or a recording or whatever so instead of just doing it in theory you're also doing it in practice um i can see that there's a lot of opinion here um and we're probably not going to get to a resolution because we're over time as well with this class so let's move this discussion to poll time we can do this over slack and slack is also anonymous mohit says no uh why not no i'm just saying okay uh no polls right now we can just wait on slack it's fine but yes like so after we have had all this discussion let me run this poll one more time just so we have one decision out of the way um so again the extra work for final project is as yet undecided may not be a presentation it could just be doing it more thoroughly instead uh, and also the free assignment what would happen if you really want to explore it, that would be reflection paper 3 so you can take that as a free assignment instead with options that i can provide for you um what do i choose if i want a presentation so you can choose that reflection paper to be a presentation instead if you want uh, so right now i'm getting 85% of people uh want to remove it and do extra work for the final project and here you go these are the results so we'll remove that what we choose instead of it us pe poll kar sakte hain either on slack or in the next class but we can do it in the next class because it's more thorough Uh, but the discussion for what the options should be on that poll that can happen on slack and you can talk anonymously there as well so um after this class um etazaz you will post um a discussion question based on what we've done in class and then moid you can post a separate discussion question um do it in the sessions channel uh, where you can talk about what alternative we want and then also start the first response with the anonymous bot you know how to do it you can mention in in the instructions and we can do that uh yes next class we will do it in the next class okay uh, lots of hungry people here lots of anxiety jaane ki jaldi hai we shall end here all right we shall see you i shall see you in the next class bye bye